Dear Father Bogriam, when you said I'd meet all kinds of new people here, you were not exaggerating. <laughs> Uh, my new party members are certainly the types of folk I haven't met before. I think you'd find them as endearing as I do. Our paladin, Amelia, is a fierce ally and an even fiercer foe. It's, it's clear she's been sharpened to perfection and is perfectly suited for a place like this. Our barbarian, Pogo, is as sweet as he is strong, but always chasing something I suspect he is not suited for. His kind heart radiates from him, and I hope he can learn to value what strengths he has. And our dashing rogue, what do I say about Sarthelion? <laughs> he is a wily one, and I haven't been able to read him quite yet. Uh, <laughs> I suspect he's kinder than he lets on, but he's got Fox's eyes. Something happened, and I am ashamed. And yet no one seems to wish to hold me accountable. I killed a boy. Purely accidental, but life, but a life is gone, nonetheless. Maybe you can answer the question that's been burning between my ears these past few days. If I can so easily take a life from this earth with little to no consequences, then why is it that I cannot bring someone back to remedy that mistake without being punished for it? I can feel... His wrath, even as I write, my tattoos burn. Yours, Cecily. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minds Never Matter podcast. We just had a pretty good recap of what happened this last episode so we're gonna jump right in into some intros. I am your DM, Noah Bryan. And I'm joined by my lovely friends once again. My name is Amelia Victisolis. I am played by someone named Anna, and I've been asked what my favorite childhood memory is. There was one time when I was around eight or nine, and Frederick was much shorter than me at the time. He hadn't had a growth spurt yet, and he was being bullied by other noble brats on my family's courtyard, um, I beat all of them. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. It was no sweat for me, and I still remember Frederick's looks on his face when he was covered in tears and snot. It was wonderful, and I think about it every single day. Hello, everyone. I am Satherion Gray, played by someone far less smooth named Nick. <laughs> and a memory Satherion has is one time when he was deep in the forest of Laxor, he was tasked with his training in stealth to sit for hours in a shadow and not move and not make a sound. And during this time, a small dog came up to him and perpetually annoyed him for three hours until he sat with him and fell asleep. This was one of the first times that Sartelian felt like he had a friend, and he hopes it's not the last. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, Pogo Stardust, and I'm being played by uh, someone named Aaron Owens. So my happy happiest memory is uh, during the ritual in Glagus, which is where you leave the city. It's it's kind of like a rite passagehood into adulthood. You leave the underground city and its warmth, and you go out into the frozen tundra, wasteland, forest area, and you have to chop down a tree and bring it back. 
and it was just really nice being in the peace and quiet in the outdoors, looking up and just seeing the night sky. And it was it was a really nice time. Well, hello, everyone. I am Cecily Belgrion, and I'm played by somebody named Taylor. And uh, oh gosh, what's my what's my favorite memory? Oh, mm, probably the time that I got my first tattoo of Grion. Uh, I was 14 uh, and I had just undergone my, my first trial of uh, the temple and I was the first one at that age to uh, complete it. Uh, not to Not to brag, but they all were saying that I was too young to get the tattoo done and that I had to wait until I was 16. But I put my foot down and it was painful, but it was the most beautiful experience of my life. And with that, let's kick off episode three, Mystery Meeting. Last time we left off, we had Sarthelian Gray walk into the library and locked eyes with a pair of eyes that seemed awfully familiar. It's just the eyes. There's no body attached to it. No body, just eyes. It's a beholder! Ah! <laughs> In the library. And you should roll for initiative. <laughs> I my dice. Oh my god, I didn't get my dice. Uh, He's a student here! <laughs> my god! <laughs> so, what do you do as you've locked eyes with them? They telepathically had spoken into your mind, just saying, hey, Gray. Uh, so, almost panicked for a moment, Sarthelion will lock eyes with Raven uh, and approach closer for a moment. And he'll look at her for a minute, and then he'll poke her hand to make sure she's actually there. And Raven Mistwalker smiles, almost as you're making sure that she's not an illusion. And she holds out, she stands up and holds out a hand. Hesitantly, Sarthelion will shake it. She gives you one more smile and she goes, please sit down. I think we have a lot to discuss. I believe we do. You're supposed to be dead. Ten years ago. Death is a relative term for people like us. I hope that's true when it comes to mine. She gets a little bit serious and she goes, I'm sorry I didn't reach out sooner. I wasn't expecting you to, so don't apologize. That's fair, but I know how much you've already been through, and it's not fair. <laughs> well, I never expected life to be quite too fair to me. It hasn't been so far, so... What are you doing here? What do you want from here? What do I want? I don't believe I want anything, but Gwen. Gwen wants a lot. Yeah, that she does. I can see that she's been training you well. You look, you look fit. Careful. Stop looking at me like that. You might fall in love. You'd have to try a little bit harder to get me. And I think I'm a little, uh, little older than you. Why are you here, Mist? I think you should be able to make your own decisions away from Gwen. And I want you to <laughs> be able to have the opportunity to see the world for what it really is, not just what they tell you. My whole life has been lived by what they tell me. Now all of a sudden you show up after 10 years of apparently not being dead and everything has to change? Nothing has to change. But I just want you to know 
that there is more out there than that. She's like stuff like this. And she seems to have a knife appear in her hand out of nowhere. That would have been a good trick to know. I would have stopped buying them all the time. And she laughs. And then she says in your head, she goes, there's a lot I can teach you. A lot that Gwen has been keeping from you. I suppose I wouldn't mind getting my answers a little early, even though she said she would answer my questions when I got back. If I got back. A lot of ifs with her. Well, I, I don't know how early I can get your answers to you. You know, I grow up a lot like you in the dark, and that's why I'm supposedly dead. So I could finally figure out figure out who I am, not what Gwen wanted me to be. Sarthelion at this point is very like he feels like he's heard this song and dance before. Like someone'll come along and be like, Think for yourself, you don't always have to follow orders. I mean it's a little jarring that this is somebody who has apparently been dead for 10 years and is now telling him this, but in his mind, he definitely feels like he needs a little more convincing. All right, Mist. I'm game. Maybe it keeps things halfway interesting around here. How do I make a fancy blade appear in my hand? Well, you already have that power. It's something that I can help you draw out, but it's something that you will also have to... It's not something I can just tell you, and it just happens. You have a great power, Sarthelion, and that's why Gwen wants you and needs you. She goes, I'll teach you little by little, but this is your journey to take. Fine. Where do we start? She goes, when you're ready, just write on this paper, and she slides you a paper. Just leave it somewhere. I'll find it. And when you're ready... I'll take you on your first training. What do you want me to write? Something clever. Sarthelion takes the piece of paper. He writes something clever on it and hands it to her. I was ready yesterday. And she laughs. I like, I like your attitude, kid. I can see why Gwen liked it, too. I gotta get some stuff together. I honestly didn't think I would meet you so soon, so... <laughs> I didn't think I would meet you ever, so... <laughs> In the meantime, go make your friends, enjoy the college life, and I'll talk to you soon. And she folds up the piece of paper that says something clever and puts it in her pocket. Sarthalian sits there for a second, just kind of laughs to himself and says, (laughs) friends, and that's it. And as the thought of friends disappears, we move on. To where everyone was getting ready to head to their clubs. So after all the classes ended, you know, clubs generally start a little bit after. And the first one would be cooking club. Oh boy. Cecily had to drop cooking club. L. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I don't know if you all would have met after your classes or how you want to go about it. But you have the basic idea. You know where the cooking club is. It was told to you when all the notes happened. And Amelia, currently you are the only one signed up. So I I will leave it up to you if you just want to head straight there or what you would like to do. Am I aware of the fact that Cecily dropped cooking club? Cecily's probably rounded everybody up after classes just to like 
meet and hang out. Just just so we're clear, you had a choice between Alchemy Club and Cooking Club. Well, right? I, 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 okay. <laughs> that sounds like shade. And you chose Alchemy look, Club over Cooking. Look, she is honed in on like this redemption stuff and she wants to, she, she's, she's going to Alchemy Club so she can make like healing potions and like learn to be a better healer. Did you not see the burn marks on that look. man? And the explosions and the poisons? That's even better. The more explosions and injuries and poisons that she is she is it like being witness to he made the them. more she's witness to the more she can heal okay she is just uh okay okay <laughs> she's also like i shouldn't enjoy things i killed somebody this is this is my punishment i if if cecily has communicated to everybody that she will not be attending cooking club um Amelia is aware of the fact that Frederick signed up for Cooking Club in his big hissy fit tantrum outside. Um, and she does not want to deal with that alone as much as it pains her to like even fathom relying on somebody else in the situation. And she knows, she knows that there is one person in her established group of acquaintances that she would be able to take with her. Um, and so she is going to find Pogo and attempt to convince him to come with her to the cooking club. Where is Pogo right now, Noah? What was the last class we had? P.E. <laughs> so I would think that Cecily had kind of rounded everyone up. So I would assume that you were, you know, still coming down from the high of P.E. where you just beat up Dorkian and the boys for a second time. So chivalrous. Okay. To beat the shit out of that kid for me, thank you. You've tried murdering him again. <laughs> Not on purpose! I kept rolling the 20s, okay? And it Could you imagine happened. if you killed him with that dodgeball? Man, that she would just funny as hell. Take him out one by one. <laughs> So I imagine that um, after Amelia's persuasion class ends, because I assume the block is at the same time, like Pogo and Cecily had PE synonymously to when Amelia had to take her persuasion course. And so I, I would imagine that she books it out of that classroom, doesn't say bye to Eric, doesn't acknowledge Frederick's existence. She books it out of that classroom, and she immediately starts doing some, like, crazy honing, scanning of the crowd to find Pogo, which he's pretty easy to spot, it's I would not, imagine. With that hat and his height, it's not hard at all. He a big boy. He too big, as <laughs> Berserk put too it. Big. Too big. Too big. He needs that on a t-shirt. Uh. Okay, so, yeah, you see in this crowd a giant hat. That is just towering over the rest of the people. Yeah, Amelia just marches straight over to Pogo. Um, and when she reaches him, like eyesight parts the crowd, so to speak, and sees him eyesight, she points and she looks at him and she's just like, I need to borrow you. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Pogo's gonna walk over with her. I have a very important job that I need you to help me accomplish. You're the best person for the job. I couldn't think of anybody better. Is this a secret mission? Absolutely a secret mission. I'm so excited. All right. What's the secret mission? Follow me. And she takes his arm and she takes him to cooking class. Cooking okay. club. 
Cecily was walking with Pogo, and then suddenly she's walking alone. <laughs> yeah, you turn around to look somewhere else, and you just see this hat soaring through this clown crowd. You're not in the uh, sky yet. Okay, bye. <laughs> no time for pleasantries to Cecily. They are on a this is job. An they are on a mission. Secret mission. An important she's secret been mission. She and dropped you... cooking class. <laughs> and you head towards uh, the cooking class. And Pogo, you really don't know where you're going because you're just being dragged. But as you get closer, the smell of vanilla and baked goods start to emanate from this little classroom. Um, Amelia stops in front of the door and she sort of motions her hand and she says, you first. Uh, you, you still haven't told me exactly what we're doing. What He's going to crouch down and get like near you. What the secret mission is. Uh, Amelia kind of cups her, her mouth with her hands and she says, it wouldn't be a secret if I told you. You're a genius. And he's going to just walk in there. I know that I'm a genius. And Amelia will follow him. Beautiful. So you both walk into the classroom and kind of what you see is a bunch of separate desks with a couple different groups here and there getting all their ingredients together. Kind of of note, there is one person who's alone. You're kind of noticing that it's an odd number, even with both of you. One person's kind of off on their own. And then Cook is at the front standing near the oven. And he looks over at you and he goes, Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you guys could make it. Uh, um, Pogo, was it right? Uh, yes. I, Pleasure to I meet don't you. have you on my call sheet, but I'm so glad you could make it. Uh, do, do I need to sign it? Uh, yeah, why don't you? Uh, and he'll write down his name, Pogo Stardust. Great. And so you do you <laughs> hand it back? Yes. Okay. Amelia, would you have seen that at all? Or are you kind of scanning the room? Particularly would have been looking at Pogo's last name. She is more so surveying the competition in the cooking club. Great. So yeah, you're it honestly, there's probably doesn't look like there is a lot of competition here. Just Excellent. See, Best you chef. see a half orc and a halfling working together, uh an elf and a dragonborn working together, and then uh, and then you have a dwarf working by herself. What does this dwarf look like? This dwarf looks surprisingly like she is wearing wizard robes. A lot like what Pogo's wearing with tall hat and all. <laughs> and you can see everyone else kind of getting their stuff together. But she's using magic to to get all of her ingredients together. Does a little mixing with her with her hand, like with magic. It's fate. It's destiny. Cook, is it possible that we could be a group of three with that individual over there? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Or, uh, y- you know, I was thinking since it's an odd number and you're here, we-, we could also work together. You could be my partner. I would like to stay with my friend. Apologies. It's yeah, nothing yeah, against no, no. you. It of is... course, of course. That's Yeah, no. Cool. Cool, 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 but, cool. <laughs> unless it would, is it easier to have pairs? Uh, no, it's fine. Uh. You know, I, I, you're right. I'm teaching this class. I should, (laughs) I should stay up here. You know, I, being, being my, my status, I should also take the initiative for a leadership role. And if you're instructing, perhaps I could instruct as well. Yeah. Do you have any uh, baking experience? I used to watch my handmaidens make pastries for me. 
I'm, I'm sure that would do. I'm sure it will translate over quite well, yes. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, if you want to kind of help me out, you can hand me stuff and I'll, I'll get to teaching. Wonderful. And she she sort of looks at Pogo and she gives him a Pogo's thumbs up. There. And she, where, where is he? Pogo is uh, standing next to uh, Dwarf Woman in robes. Oh, he just booked it. I, I mean, he just kind of made his way over there. And right. she turns over to you kind of like at her head height and then looks up. She goes, oh, well, hi there. Sorry, I'm laughing at the accent. Um, Don't you laugh at my accent? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean this. Uh, she goes, something some funny? Uh, I just really like your style. <laughs> well, I can say the same to yours. And then she holds out her hand. Fair. She goes, Petra Fireheart. Petra Fireheart, pleasure to meet you. I'm Pogo Stardust. She goes, well, pleasure to meet you as well. And she goes, are you a wizard too? You know, with all your get up? I, I'm working towards that. I'm working towards that. But uh, right now, uh, do you need a partner? She kind of looks around. She goes, well, I don't have much other option. Oh, well, I'd be happy to help you. She goes, yeah, why don't you take a seat next to me? All right. And you were just towering over her. But Cook kind of walks up to the front and he's like, all right, welcome all everyone to our, our first day of cooking slash baking. Um, you know, at... at at our first meeting, we were trying to make a cake. I, I got a little distracted. Um, it's my bad. So I thought I'd teach you the correct way this time. And he he gets set up, and he goes, all right, all the ingredients you're going to need is uh, two sticks of unsalted butter. Make sure they're at room temperature. Uh, three cups of all-purpose flour. One tablespoon of baking powder. One and a half teaspoons, teaspoons of salt. One and a fourth cups of sugar. Four large eggs at room temperature. One tablespoon of vanilla extract. And one and a quarter cup whole milk. Nick, did I miss anything? No, you got to miss. Resident okay, chef. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, where are we getting ingredients from exactly? So you can kind of see there's a fridge in the back. Um, Miss Fireheart has kind of magically made her stuff appear. Uh, uh, do do I need to get anything or? No, I think I think I got it all. Uh, if you kind of just want to check over everything I have here, make sure sometimes a magic can get a little wild. Um, and she goes, "Yeah, it can get a little wild." Uh, but but I think I got it all. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna be like, okay. Uh, I wasn't. Can I, can I tell you something? Yeah, what, what is it? Is it a secret? Are we already telling secrets? Yeah, yeah. So my friend Amelia sent me over here. She said it's for a secret mission. What's the secret mission? You can't That's have a secret, secret have a secret That's in secret. it. Now I'm confused. Secretception. <laughs> <laughs> Pogo, I this am what so unbelievably means. lost. Multiple secrets. <laughs> That's the genius of it. No one will know. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what? I think you should introduce me to your friend here at some point so I can maybe make a little bit more sense about what you just said to me. Okay. And uh, Cook kind of walks over and he's like, Amelia, um, so just make sure we have all the ingredients here. And are, yes, are, we, are we good? Um, great. And he walks back up to the front. And he's like, all right, the first thing we're going to do, and I'm not going to go into all of it because that would be insane. <laughs> but 40, 40 minutes of our podcast it's only three directions you gotta cream the butter and sugar together yeah and he's like alright if everyone wouldn't mind uh, getting getting all your stuff together sadly we have to do everything by hand so if 
you want to put your two sticks of butter and sugar into a large bowl, and I will need you all to mix it at a medium-high speed. Should be about light and fluffy by the end of this. <laughs> the Warforged in the corner turns his whisk into me. <laughs> and Petra Fireheart kind of hands you the bowl. She throws everything in. She's like, would you mind mixing this for me? Absolutely. And he's, he's focused on the high part of the medium to high speed. And she goes, wow, you're something. You're really something. I'm a machine. And <laughs> oh, Pogo. <laughs> a machine. Cook hands you the bowl, uh, uh, Amelia, and he's like, would, would you mind? I got to get a couple more of the things set up. I got to get the eggs cracked in here. Of course. I don't, I don't mind at all. What do I whisk this with? Oh, uh, with the whisk. Wh- which one is that? <laughs> the one that kind of looks like a wand. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, and she'll she'll pick it up. What skill is associated with this? Because this might be something that I am not very good at. I'm gonna say you're gonna have to roll it with disadvantage. I would. Oh my god, what? Performance. I don't think sleight of hand would work. Performance. Are you performance? She's putting on an act. Yeah, let's do performance with disadvantage. (laughs) Well, lucky for me, I have a plus three to performance. So, you know, first roll was a 13. Let's see what the second one is. The low roll was a 13. Wow. You know how to whisk. (laughs) She does have an arm on her. This is news to you. You you figured out how to move in a circular motion very quickly. I feel like, like, though, considering Amelia's... Do you know how sometimes whenever you start whisking something and, like, the butter is still kind of, like, really solid, so you have to, like, mash it for a little bit? Mm -hmm. The mashing bit goes on for a little too long. (laughs) Okay. And and Cook's Cook's just kind of watching and goes, all right, yeah, no, I think you're getting the hang of it. And then he grabs the two eggs in one hand and cracks them both. And he was like, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time baking, so I I got a pretty good understanding of what to do here. And I would hope so. You are the instructor. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and what is happening? I don't know. I kind of lost the, the, the thread here. <laughs> if we're being honest, I'm confused as much as you are. Oh. So basically, we get through that, and... Isn't Frederick supposed uh, to be there? Frederick did not show up. What a flake. I know, what an asshole. Little bitch. So everyone puts all their ingredients in, mashes them up, and Cook Cook goes, all right, let's uh, put them into the oven and get it started. And then Petra goes, I got this, and creates a, a spell that heats up your cake right in front of you without even putting it into the oven like heat metal but heat cake but heat metal but it's called heat cake and cook <laughs> cook's like what what are you doing oh uh, no no you can't can't do that and as he says that little things start to catch fire around the table oh well, that's no good at all pogo i need you can you roll me arcana just to see how well you're retaining this archaic arcanic of course give me one second uh 15 15 you you have a pretty good understanding about what's happening. And you kind of see the hand movements she's doing, how the fire is spreading, and you're you're retaining a good amount of it. Cook at the same time is putting them all out. 
He goes, okay, let's do this the correct way and just put everything in the oven. And he takes it and puts it in the oven and everything's going to bake. And I just need you both to make me a, just a luck check to see how well these cakes turned out so I can move on to the next club. Oh God. 18. The best cake ever. <laughs> I rolled a three. Oh. You bring it out and it just kind of slumps over. Like it, it's still just melty. Nick, can you describe what a bad cake looks like? Yeah, sure. So <laughs> <laughs> probably Sorry. took the cake out. Probably got one of those like ring pans that you can let loose. Uh, probably let loose the ring and then took it off and the middle kind of collapsed a bit and kind of like, oh, like pudged a... out the sides a little. And the tops kind of burned. <laughs> oh, like a misbaked cheesecake almost. Yeah. Just a disaster. Right. And Cook kind of puts his hand on your shoulder and he goes, uh, you know, that's why we have the club. That's so we can, we can get better. But as he's saying Amelia... this, you... oh yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. What what, what pace is he say, making as, at me? As he is saying this, you look over and see Pogo and Petra pull out their cake together. And it is beautiful. It is like spongy. It's moist. Not a single burn on it. You you thought you're, the people who worked at your castle were good. Pogo and Petra just pulled off one of the best cakes you've ever seen. Amelia like clicks her tongue and she gives a very confused look to cook. And she says to him, I'm just, I'm a little bit confused. They didn't follow your instructions. And they came out with a great cake. I followed your instructions and I ended up with this. Pogo is just giving uh, Amelia a big <laughs> thumbs up, like from the back, Much from the other side of the about. room. He goes, well, you know, improvising is a pretty big part of of cooking and baking as well. Like, you have to follow the instructions a little bit, but... Forging your own path is really important, too. Interesting. But you got on to them for forging their own path. All right, so that's going to do it for today. Next week, we're going to learn how to make a whole turkey in one of those cans where sometimes it catches everything on fire. And he claps his hands, and he, he hurriedly exits the room. Earlier, when Pogo was introducing himself to Petra, would I have heard him introducing himself? How intent were you on making this cake? I mean, Amelia just assumed that she could do it uh, then with yeah, no you issues. Could, you could roll me a perception. <laughs> Let's see. It's not my best skill. Not terrible. I got an 11. Um, oof. I, I would say you probably would have overheard it. You know, he wasn't trying to be quiet about it. I think uh, left with her... Her poor attempt at a cake. Um, she she's gonna walk over. Is Petra still over there as well? Yeah, Petra is like so excited about this cake. She she's already magicking up some ice icing, and she's like, "What? Well, what's your favorite color? Let's let's make it your favorite color. Uh, purple, purple. Let's go with purple." And she boom, purple, and she starts spreading it on the cake. And she's like, "Should we add candles?" Uh, yes, we should definitely have candles, and I think sprinkles would go really good with it, too. Yeah, no, I agree. Sprinkles and, and candles, and she, she's putting it all on there. She's like, should I light the fire? Uh, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And that's when Amelia would have walked up. Yeah, so Amelia walks up, and um, she looks at the cake, 
And she gives Pogo a huge thumbs up and she mouths, secret mission. Yeah. Um, and then she she sort of looks at him for a second and she says, do you mind if I actually speak to you in the corner over there? I have a, I have a quick question about something I heard you say before the club began. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she, she takes him over to a corner that's just out of earshot of Petra. Um, and she says, so... I'm sure you remember our incident with Dorkian and his boys. Um, and I remember then they mentioned that you were nobility, and I hadn't asked this, but could you tell me your family name? Oh, uh, I, I don't think we're quite nobility, but Stardust. Are you certain that you're a Stardust? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I know my own name. Because... I have met the Stardust family on multiple occasions at, at different events that my parents would hold and, you know, other nobility events. And the Stardust family does not have a son. Uh, they yeah. only have a daughter. Uh, oh, I see what this confusion is. Uh, okay. So my little sister uh, is super smart. And she gets introduced to people and gets shown around. She gets to go to the uh, Take Your Kids to Work Day. Uh, my parents say that I have special skills and I should sit in the corner and be seen and not heard. And sometimes not even be seen. It's, it's, it's a basic little misunderstanding. I'm, I'm their son. Amelia looks very, very perplexed. And she says, I... I'm sorry if this is a sore subject for you. Oh, no, it's not. But I'm just, even in childhood, I would meet the Stardust family before your sister would have been born. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, like, like early on, my parents said that I, they were really wanting me to focus on my education and they got a bunch of tutors and specialists. And until that got figured out, I wasn't really supposed to be interacting with too many people. I see. I am, I'm not questioning your status as nobility, Pogo. I am just, you, you keep saying it like it's a, it's a big thing. What, what is the big deal about someone who's nobility versus not like you, you keep it's hyping it up, but, it just is. I mean, I mean, I'm nobility, you're nobility. Yes, but there are certain duties and responsibilities that are pushed on to nobility and expectations of the sort. You know, I mean, if we are children of nobility, and so we are set to be future world leaders. I mean, for my, I remember not... very specifically, my dad told me that he has no expectations for me. Amelia makes, like, a very confused face because this is unreal information that she's hearing. And I think she's very transparent about, like, her emotions and facial expressions. And I, I just... So Pogo would just see this very, like, furrowed brow, almost, like, grossed out face that Amelia is making to this information. Um Noah, can we potentially do like an insight check on each other just to like, because I feel like we're coming at completely two different angles and worlds. I think that's a great idea. I mean, Amelia partially doesn't even believe that he's nobility at this point. 
you've had lunch with this man and he eats with his hands without using utensils. I want to just <laughs> exactly. say that very clearly. I got a four. I rolled a 17. I don't even know what to do with those rolls. I just, Poga, you are still oblivious to the fact. You're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're nobility. I don't, I don't get it. It just means you're born into another family. And Amelia, you, you know, he's telling the truth and kind of mean in a mean way. I think the thought would pass through your head that I can see why his parents didn't bring him to things. Oh, yeah, I think I think Amelia would like kind of remember these big events with families and how refined everybody is and how everybody dresses and everybody's behavior. And in her head, she's definitely like, yeah, he just he wouldn't fit in. Um, Someone be nice. And she looks at him. She she looks at Pogo kind of pitifully. And she just says, well, if you're ever interested to understand how nobility should live and an event comes up, um, I would love to bring you with me to debut the eldest son of the Stardust family. Well, that sounds like a grand time. I always it wanted to go to one of those events. It, it is unfortunate that... It seems your parents refuse to acknowledge your status as their son. I mean, I wouldn't say they that they don't acknowledge it. Amelia kind of shrugs and she says, What is it they say? Tomato, tomato, right? Yeah. And uh, I think Amelia is going to um, exit this conversation. <laughs> um, question. Is the cake finished? Yeah. Right now? She... <laughs> she d- went instead of one small candle, one giant candle, and it looks almost like a bonfire on top of this candle. Yes, I love it. Uh, I'm going to offer Amelia. Amelia, do you want some of our cake that we made? I, you know, I actually would like to try some. And so you walk over and Petra holds out her hand. She goes, I, I hear you're the... What I'm I'm just call you the secret keeper. That is certainly a name for me. She goes, I hear I hear there's a secret plan, and in the secret plan's another secret. Is that what you guys were talking about over in the corner? Was it was there a secret to the secret? Pogo's eyes grow wide in his head. He's like, Is that what the secret There are so many layers to this? (laughs) So many layers. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a cake. Amelia yeah. has accidentally created a cake conspiracy theory just because she didn't want to be alone at Baking Club. You oh, you cut open this cake and there's like four layers to it. You couldn't even tell that there were layers to this cake. <laughs> and when you take a bite, it is the best cake you have had. Say, Petra, do you want a job? Oh. <laughs> My word. <laughs> well... You know, I, I do fo- spend a lot of my time focusing on on my studies, but what kind of job are we talking about? Well, if you ever decide that this adventuring thing is perhaps not suited to your tastes, um, the Victasoli's family is always hiring expert bakers and chefs. Well, I'll definitely keep that in mind, but, you know, if you if you guys want some cooking tips in between or, or I, I can help uh, cook meals, you, you all seem like a fun little group. I suppose that is one word for what we are. 
well, I, I would be honored to, to sometimes get to be around. Well, I'm sure that Poco can send you invites to whatever it is we end up getting up to. What was it that we set up last episode's sending stone number? It's like it's a carrier pigeon, pigeon number. All right. Pigeon number. Uh, can I get your carrier pigeon number after this? Yeah. Uh, and she she's like, yeah. I, and she writes it on a piece of paper with icing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh, here you go. Honestly, I think Pogo would eat it. <laughs> Not to lie. Before he memorizes it? I... I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he knows either. We're gonna, we're gonna. No, we I can edit this out if you want to. No, that's great. I don't know. Does everybody have a pigeon? No. Or is this one pigeon? I think all everyone, the way. Everyone it's has one a pigeon, pigeon that visits various mailboxes. Yeah, he is so overworked. It's not even a pigeon. It's a pigeon aracocra. <laughs> His name is even Messenger. Better. Oh. Oh, I love yeah, you this. see him out the window as as you <laughs> hand over, and he goes, "Not again!" <laughs> that was unfortunate fate. Okay. So that's that's where we'll we'll figure out what you do with the number next time. You got some time, and we'll shimmer shimmer away to Alchemy Club. Wow. Cecily is oh, looking really? for Sartellian because where did this man go? Yeah, would you she was be... Poco was just yeeted away from her. Would you be trying out your new skills that you maybe have heard about? Me? Uh, yeah, would you be trying Eric to figure it out still? <laughs> uh, yeah, Sartellian at this point would be a little, almost like, very out of character, almost a little despondent. Like, he's still kind of... um. Like, he put on quite a bit of a face when he was talking to, to Raven, um, where he was just, like, almost just, like, just act cool, just act cool. You have no idea what's happening, but just act cool. So he would definitely be very deep in thought. But, yeah, every now and again, he would kind of um, look down and just give a little, like, hand motion like she did. I don't – I have no idea how she did that. Do you, Does it just – do you think it's – whatever. If you're trying to be a wizard like Pogo, I think you're a little late to that track, darling. What? <laughs> oh, hello, my dear. How are you? I'm wonderful. Are you all right? I mean, you usually find yourself in these dark corners, but you never look so gloomy. Uh, yes, I'm fine. I just, uh, I caught up with an old friend who was on. Can Cecily roll insight to see if he's actually fine? <laughs> Yeah, do you want to roll a deception? So he said the I'm word gonna, friend. I'm going to roll a deception at disadvantage. Okay, perfect. He did. Uh, my oh. darling, that is a 23. Uh, I, got, I got a 5. So what would Cecily notice as you're going through this? He's very almost twitchy. Like, uh, he's usually very um, forward- and confident, you know, maintains good eye contact, stands up straight, but he's very almost like like sulked into himself a little bit. Like like for lack of a better way of saying it, his whole world kind of just got twisted a bit. Like everything he was told was uh it's almost like he's got nails on a chalkboard going on in his head and it shows. So she's just kind of going to like tilt her head to like kind of 
grab his eyes with hers and say, you know, you're usually a much better liar than that. <laughs> you don't you don't have to talk about it, but would you like some company? We do have a alchemy club in a little bit. <laughs> sure, why not? You're more perceptive than I thought. And I, uh, that is one of the best compliments I've ever been given. So, sure, sit. Stay a while. <laughs> so, uh, what you trying to do with your uh, hand there? Start a fire? <laughs> I, I have a uh, carpel tunnel. Just stretching. That's all. Well, if you need something to do with your hands, I can show you what I do. And she goes into her bag and pulls out a little yellow piece of paper. Apprehensive. <laughs> it's just paper, darling. Calm down. Sure, he'll take the he'll take the paper. Are we going to make a dragon? Well, it doesn't have to be a dragon. I know many other things, but if you would like to make a dragon with me, you may. Can we make a swan? We can make a swan. Actually, that's quite... That's usually better for beginners anyway. Here, let me show you how. And she kind of step-by-step like shows him how to fold a little paper swan. Can I make a check to see uh, <laughs> how well I would, how well I could make this swan? Yeah, we'll do a sleight of hand. Okay. Oh, I'm good at those. Yeah. Oh, that's an eight. Another eight. eight. <laughs> it's a little crumply. <laughs> a little He's crumply. got like a bum wing. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two bum wings, no head, and he's just a piece of paper. <laughs> It's just a couple pieces of paper. Well, that's a... Well, <laughs> I can't be good at everything. Well, truly, you had to be bad at something or else, you know, you have to leave something for the rest of us, right? Of course. Folding paper can be your thing. Everything else can be mine. Absolutely. You know, I thank you for giving me this one gracious talent out of all of the... No, of course. <laughs> that's, that's me. The most gracious person you know. <laughs> here let me help you fix it and she's gonna take it from him and kind of just like fold it out and like smooth it out make sure it looks like a little a little guy she just puts it back in his lap thank you now you got two of my little creations uh i'll put it in my like inner coat pocket where there are two dragons uh <sighs> so many dragons and and i'll say uh yes two I'm coat. rolling insight on that one. <laughs> Just for those sitting oh. at home, Nick made the most suspicious face <laughs> while while saying that. Oh god, that is a dirty twenty. Uh, I rolled at disadvantage again. I got a ten. <laughs> you got something to tell me? Did you? Uh, am I missing one? Did you take one from me with your little sleight of hand tricks there? Uh, no. I uh, and then I'll reach into my coat and I'll pull out the two dragons I have. Uh, one of these you gave on the first day we met. One of these you may have given to me on the other first day we met. I don't know. That's a little unsettling. I'm not gonna lie, but they did wipe our memory, didn't they? I guess so. Either that, um, or I know you from somewhere. Do you travel much? <laughs> I try not to, but. Well, I'm starting a little collection, so. Well, uh, I'll spare your pockets any more for today. I wonder if you others have any. They could. I don't wash this coat much, so. I can tell. 
Well, thank you for this. So, we gonna go make sure that man doesn't blow things up? I don't think the gods themselves could stop that, but we can try. (laughs) Awesome. So you guys head to the classroom, and where the cooking classroom smelled like vanilla and cakes, you smell kind of an arsenic smell and burning. Well, that's definitely it. After you. I am the healer. I should probably go in first to make sure he hasn't killed himself. <sighs> I almost just made a really bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> would Sartellian make the really bad joke? I think he would have held it back. For, I don't think he's on top of his game right now. He would have held it back. <laughs> a little off. So you guys walk in and you see Albert. There's some smoke in this room. And Albert kind of looks up and he goes, well, oh my God, you guys made it. He goes, I had, I had given up hope. Uh, sorry about the smoke. A couple of my tears ended up in, in, in one of the potions and uh, it blew up. I can tell. Um, I can tell. How, is there fire still going or is that taken care of? Oh no, it just kind of blew up. It just, went, poof. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the bottle and the potion and everything exploded. Yeah, all of it. And that is a, a little bit over there and a little bit over there and some in my hand and uh Yep. Uh, what kinds of potion me. were you making? Oh, a healing potion. Oh. Wonderful. Turns out Give- sadness and healing don't go together. <laughs> you know what, darling? Sometimes it does. Give me the bo- give me the glass, please. The glass <laughs> in my hand, it's in my hand. <laughs> Gosh, darling. And she she pulls it out very gently. And um, can I do a medicine check to like kind of fix him up without using a yeah. spell slot? Absolutely. I'm ro- I am never not using these dice for her because I've been rolling like crazy. Um, that is a 22. So she knows how to... She, she pulls out like stitches and everything. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty big gashes in his hand and you heal it up just fine. He's like, wow, that didn't even hurt. Normally I'm in a lot more pain than that. You know, I hope that after, because I am now joining you that I spare you some pain. Um, here, can, let me take the glass and she's going to cast mending on the glass shards so that there's no shards everywhere. Great. And it just kind of rebuilds itself. It makes a nice little tinking sound. Tink, 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 and it's Satisfying. back together. ASMR. ASMR with the ASMR. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh that hard. I'll be here all night. Um, no, I has to and, make all of the sound effects. Uh, it will be happening. And he goes, well, well, since you guys are here, and I, I am so glad you are, uh, wh- what what kind of potion would you like to make today? You know, I, like I said, I got the healing potion. I got some fire potions, uh, ice potions. Um, well, I think I, I, at least a start in adventure is the healing potion might be of great value to us. I had a question for you. I have an answer. So, do healing potions not work on the undead or constructs like the uh, the healing spells do? Oh, do you what? What do you mean exactly? Like healing so, potions on? So, say we we came across a dumpier and uh, needed to heal them. Would a healing potion hurt them like healing magic does? Well, yeah, everyone knows that. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. Everyone does know that. <laughs> I'm going to roll deception. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's a three. Oh, oh, no. Were, were you the cause of that, that, that dampier death? No, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, uh, no, I have, um, not caused harm in my lifetime. Again, rolling deception for that. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a dirty one. Uh, not a nat one, but it's a dirty one. And he just goes, oh, buddy, no, I, uh, I'm so sorry. Maybe we should try a different potion than the healing potion. Let's. No, I, I just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a cleric. Still be nice to know. Is there any way that we could, um, find something that would work? I think, I think harmful spells generally, uh. Like like stuff with necrotic damage, I, we can make a necrotic potion. I, I'm let I'm a less good at those. Do you, I'm very surprised. Do you think that if we combined uh, kind of the formula for the healing potion, but instead of healing, it was necrotic? Do you think that might work? Has that been done before? I've never tried anything quite like that. I I think we should we should go for it. Wow, on our first day, and we're we're trying something new. <laughs> Sartalian is just sweating. Darlin, are you all right? Yes, my I don't feel like my safety is at a risk at all. You look like you've seen a ghost, Jake. Darlin, all I, right. I always look like that. Fair enough, you got me there. All right, now you get over here because I know that you're smarter than you let on, uh, and you're going to help us with this. All right. And I did put my name on the list, so that's right. No takesies, backsies. And Albert goes, he goes, all right, well, let's gather up some supplies. And he, he kind of goes and you see, he gets a little bit of like herbs that would normally be helped in healing. But then he also grabs like a couple bones, like bone dust that he like was mashing up and, and he puts them in a um, green liquid. What kind of bones are they? Oh, bird bones. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is that green liquid you are putting them into? Acid. Ah. Oh, okay. Have you done that before? Nope. We're we're in uncharted territory. Perfect. <laughs> Just safety glasses here. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think we're really on to something here. That was not my question. And so he brings over a red liquid and the green liquid, and he hands one to each of you. He goes. All right. Well, as new members, I believe it should be up to you to pour it into this beaker. Can I make it? Can I make a medicine check to see what what I'm holding? Yes. That is. That's gonna be like a seven plus. Would you rather have the green or the red? Four. The red. Okay, great. You have no <laughs> idea what's in it. Great. Leon, do you know what this is? Can I smell it? <laughs> You got the green one. Do you want to smell the red one? Yeah. Okay, you smell the red one. Uh, roll me a perception check in terms of smelling. Or investigation. How good is your nose? Investigation. Dirty 20. So you, you're you getting kind of smells of plants. And what what would be a food that Sarthelion really enjoyed? Um... I would say that uh, he really likes like like vegetable soup. 
Okay. So so the herbs kind of merge into this vegetable smell and kind of starts to bring back a little bit of memories and a little bit of honey smell, very sweet. And you can kind of tell that you're holding a health potion, a very, very basic health potion. Uh, I believe it is just a health potion. It smells nice. Wow, I am a cleric, and I had no idea that I was holding a health potion. That bodes well for all of our party, huh, doesn't it? Well, you don't have to put yourself in a box like that. Well, this was one of my special concoctions. You know, I, I made my own certain kind. It's not it's not just one of your run-of-the-mill health potions. Well, thank you. That makes me feel better. Shall we? No time like the present. Okay. I have no idea what I'm holding, but I, I, is it is this the acid he was talking about, or did he already put that in the... Yeah, no, you have the, the acid and bone meal. Okay. Um... I'm going to have you both roll medicine checks at disadvantage. <laughs> Great. Oh, good. I'm not terrible at that. That's a 13. Okay. I also got a 13. Okay. So you both pour this in, and you see the green and the red start to swirl and mix together. But all of a sudden, it starts to bubble, and the swirling stops, and it starts to like rise a little bit more. And a little bit more. And Albert goes, I don't know if this is good or bad. I've never tried something like this before. Cecily's going to move herself and in front of Carthelion, <laughs> just in case. And as you do that, you see a bright flash of white light as you hear glass shattering and you're both blinded for a second. Your ears are kind of ringing and Albert's like, Oh, oh my God! Are are you guys okay? You know, I'm kind of used to these exploding things. My hearing's already pretty much gone. Um, are are you all right? Uh, are we? Are we? Yeah, you. It was just kind of blinding. But Sarthelion, you look down in your hand, and you're holding a knife that wasn't there before. Sarthelion is absolutely like stunned at the idea of it. He kind of looks at it for a second. And looks at Cecily. Like, she's standing in front of you if you want to hide it. She's she's trying to find people who are hurt. So she might whip around to make sure he's okay. I will like... I'll like whip it behind my back. Uh, Do okay. we want to make a dex just, versus perception? <laughs> yeah, we can make... Yeah, dex versus perception. And then I also have something for you, Cecily. Oh, fuck. Okay. So actually make oh, your... Oh, she got like a five on the roll. Okay, so well, I won't that... make you roll with disadvantage then. Let's, yeah, five. so she got a seven in perception. She's still blinded. She's looking for like injuries, not for magic. Okay, and Sarthalion? Is it a saving throw or a check? Uh, I'd be, I think just a dex check. You're not saving against anything. Not my pride? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I, gotta... you... I was like, if you want to argue you that you're two? doing it against your pride... <laughs> no, that's okay. I got a six. Oh my gosh! Did she beat it by like one? She bought. She beat it by one. Amazing! You were just meant to see this. So as he tries to whip his hand behind his back, you catch a glimpse of almost what looks like a spectral knife. She's just gonna point at the hand he has behind his back. Is that? Is that, is that I'm gonna like. I'm gonna like grab her by like like her collar and like pull her in for a second. And be like. Don't talk about it. I'm like, all right, but is that that's exciting? Is that is that 
Is that supposed to happen? Is that like a sneeze? Does that happen to Rose most of the time? I don't. I don't know. I don't is that know. why you're getting all your lies? Often, I don't know. Does that? Did you just? Just like... let let it go. Is that what you were trying to do? Yeah, in alchemy class, we'll talk about this later. Okay. Cecily, you're kind of preoccupied, but once your attention finally, you see everyone's okay, and your attention finally focuses on you, you realize that your tattoos have stopped hurting. They've kind of been in a dull pain since that day, or since everything happened, but now they don't hurt anymore. And you almost feel like a sense, a sense of being, like being right, that your God is happy with you for what you just did. I'm very confused as to why you're happy that I exploded something in somebody's face, but you know, I will go with it and I will take the pain relief. Thank you. She says to herself. Was that out loud? (laughs) (laughs) Just like low and (laughs) she forgot that Sarthelion had still pulled her in so she's just like she's just realizing oh fuck i don't hurt anymore that's what what are you what are you talking about i who are you talking to you know what we'll we'll talk about it later and she just kind of gives his cheek a little pat this class sucks (laughs) and you see albert behind you and albert's got the biggest smile and he goes that was amazing he goes, we're going to have to try that again next time. I'll start, I'll, I'll refine. Maybe acid was the wrong choice. I need something more necrotic. Um, uh, uh, what's something more necrotic? I, I'm not uh, sure. Uh, maybe. And he's like, you're right. Someone... Grave dirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, um, as strange as it is, as it is for me to say this after what has happened, I think we're on the right path. He goes, I agree. I th- I think we're going to have to call it here for today because we blew up a lot of things. But and he he walks up and he shakes and he grabs Cecily's right hand and he goes, thank you so much for this idea. This is incredible. And then he goes to shake Sarthelion's hand. He puts his left hand out. (laughs) He goes, unorthodox, but you both seem very weird already. But uh, this is so great. And he shakes your hand, too. It's a Laxor thing. You know what, darling? I th- you also seem just as weird as us, so I think we're going to be in good company. And, and he just smiles at you, and he, he heads back, and he starts picking up the pieces. I can't mend all of that. We should get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Sarthelion will turn around and look at the knife, the spectral knife still in his hand. The knife is gone. As soon as you bring your hand back around, you it's not in your hand anymore. <laughs> I hate this school. And hating this school is how we'll transition to the next one. We got two more classes, or two more clubs. So, the next club, Amelia, you kind of left Cooking Club after everything happened and head towards the cheerleading field. Oh, God. It is a beautiful day outside, and as you get closer, you hear the sounds of cheerleaders cheering and... And the sound of whistles blowing. The marching band is behind playing music. And you get... What do you do as you approach this group? As she approaches, Amelia ties her hair into, like, a ponytail so it's not as all over the place. Because girls got some long hair. Um... She also, I think, in preparation for something that is probably going to require a bit more dexterity and grace, she also um, takes off her armor. So she's just wearing her normal clothes. She's removed her armor. Okay, and you get closer. You recognize two faces. 
one of Cindy Captain, who you met on the first day when you were checking out all the clubs. Girls supporting girls. Girls supporting girls. And Frederick, who is Ugh. talking. I would also like to preface for the rest of the podcast, his name is Frederick, and I have been pronouncing it wrong, and I will be pronouncing it correctly from here on out. So you see Frederick talking to Cindy. <laughs> again, again with this. Ugh. Amelia sort of rolls her eyes because she kind of expected this. But she'll approach and she'll be super friendly to Cindy and like wave at her and be, you know, she's got the, she's got the good girl face on right now. Um, so she waves and she sort of bounces over and she's like super, just super chipper and friendly. And she says, oh, hello, Sydney, Cindy. Cindy, it's it's great to see you again. Oh my god, I am so glad you're here. A little late, which we'll have to talk about, but I understand. And, but, wow, you look so good out of your armor. I, I can't believe it. Uh, thank you. You know, before I came to the college, my father and my mother had me on a six-hour-a-day workout routine. And she did her eyes wide, and she's like, Oh, wow, you are going to fit right in here. We only have five-hour practices, so it'll be a little bit easier. That sounds great. I am so excited. Great. Well, let me introduce you to everyone. Well, of course, you already know your your fiancé, Frederick, so we'll just skip over him. And she, as she oh, walks by, she waves at him a little bit, though. Mm. And she's like, mm. I'll be right back. Everyone, welcome Amelia. Amelia is going to be our newest member, and she's going to show us what we have today. But Amelia, here's Tammy, Richie, Riley, Tommy, Ashley, Avery, Aubrey, Kennedy, and of course, my favorite, Greg. Amelia is just going to take all of that in, all of what just happened in, but she is going to make a note to attempt and remember everybody's name. This is this is her time. This is her moment. Do you want me to repeat it one more time to see how good your memory is going to be? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tammy. Richie, Riley, Tommy, Ashley, Avery, Aubrey, Kennedy, and Greg. I'll remember Greg. <laughs> you got Greg. <laughs> um, and Cindy goes, well, we already got a little bit of warm-ups in, and all the new people kind of showed off their stuff. Uh, so why don't you show us what you got? Absolutely. Um, what, what would you like for me to do? A little routine? A cheer? Yeah, let's see. Let's see your best routine. Show us, show us what you do if, because of course we perform at all the egg ball, all, all the egg ball games. So let's see what you do when the team scores. Do a little improv exercise. All right. Uh, is this gonna be? Is this gonna be performance? Performance. Okay. Let me roll that first, and then I will describe what happens. Okay. <laughs> Based on how this turns out for me. <gasps> Dirty twenty. Yeah, you describe what you do here. Yeah, so Amelia goes into, like, hyper-focus, she's here to serve, like, bring-it-on movie moment. Um, and she does, like, a bunch of cartwheels, some flips, um, like, some dance stuff, like, ballet stuff, like, pirouettes and, like, flips. And she, like, mixes grace with excitement and, like, preppy girl energy. She's really giving, like, a high school rom-com cheerleading captain moment. Perfect. And, I mean, everyone's mouth drops. Even Greg, who you can get just from a sense already, he is not impressed by much. <laughs> Schwinks at Greg. And Greg, stoic Greg, face gets a little red. 
and she's, you look, she's done what she came here to do. You look over at Frederick, and even Frederick looks. He is trying to hide it, but he looks impressed. As as he should be impressed of me, damn it. She will pretend that she doesn't acknowledge Frederick, but she definitely noticed. And Frederick kind of whispers something to Sydney. Cindy. Oh my god, I can't get my own names right. Cindy. And Cindy walks over and she goes, wow, you are going to fit right in here. Oh, well, thank you. Of course. Do you have any cheerleading experience? Um, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it cheerleading experience necessarily. Um, more like combat training, war tactic training, things like that. But I think translating to being preppy and cheerful for a group of Sport players is probably very similar to, like, war tactics and whatnot. Okay, okay. Um, interesting. But, you know, obviously it's paying off, so I we are just so glad to have you a part of this team. I'm happy to be here. And with that, you go back to practice, and the practice goes on for a couple more hours because it's cheerleading, and they are intense. But by the end of it, you are, you're becoming pretty good friends. With Cindy, Tammy, Richie, Riley, Tommy, Ashley, Avery, Aubrey, Kennedy, and Greg. Um, and you're becoming good, pretty good friends with them. And by the end of it, Cindy walks over to you as you're putting your stuff away. And she goes, hey, really good stuff out there today. Oh, thank you. You too. You are such a great leader. You are so sweet. So we're kind of keeping it on the down low. But we were thinking about having a party at the end of the week. If you would be interested in coming. Oh, absolutely. Is this a, a a club activity or is this, you know, in case I have any friends that I might want to invite, like how down low on the down low? You know, whoever you think is cool. Um, You know, not like, like that kid from the cooking club cook or, uh, or, or Albert from alchemy. We just, we just don't want things blowing up and we, we don't want any kind of, uh, what's the right word? Undesirables there. I would never be in the presence of an undesirable. That's so great to hear. Because, like, whoever you bring is a reflection on yourself. So just keep that in mind. Oh, absolutely. I would never, ever be caught dead hanging out with anybody who is, say, undesirable, unpopular, a loser, if you will. Not me. I've also kind of seen, seen you hang around a couple interesting people uh you know there's that girl that killed someone the first day and uh-huh. um, and then <laughs> the really brooding guy i he just doesn't seem to talk to anyone and then there's that really I big guy see. who's been walking around and he wears the wizard's clothes that just doesn't quite fit and i haven't i haven't seen him do any magic so he just is he a poser you know i haven't seen him do any magic either but he does hang out with somebody who is quite adept at baking cakes. Um, but I will say his brawn is incredible. And she she kind of leans in and she's like, he's nobility. Well, he does have some muscles. She goes, maybe, maybe you can bring him. Oh, absolutely. And I can guarantee you he is probably much better for you to be spending your time with than some of the other nobility in this area. All right, good advice. Um, will you be will you be bringing Frederick? I, you know, I kind of 
talk to him about it, but he said he would be talking to you first. Oh, I don't control what he does. If he wants to get his party animal on, he's more than welcome to. Oh, so, okay, and... I don't know why he would think he needed my permission. Can you roll an insight check for me? Yeah, gladly. That's a... That's a 14. Look, Amelia has never been to a party. She doesn't she doesn't even know what alcohol looks like or smells like. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to roll an insight check for myself then. Okay. So you're kind of you kind of get when you said that you don't control him. He can let his party animal out. She gets you can see that she's kind of reading into that. Mhm. Mhm. And with her insight, she is reading into you that you're that you don't know much about partying. Uh-huh. <laughs> just um yeah, just just be cool. I I just be cool. Of course. I am a Victor Solis. I am the definition of cool. Right. Uh good practice today. And with that she kind of turns on her heel and walks away. Amelia, so confident about all of this. <laughs> yeah, you you just crush that shit. Absolutely so you think. she did. Yeah, no, she did totally. Right, yeah, crushed uh-huh. another interaction. Uh-huh. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> now she's wondering what she can do to either a hide this party from her friends in quotation marks, or she's also contemplating how she would be able to give them a bit of a glow up and a rundown on how to not be social oh. outcasts. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> glow up, light cleric, good pun. Ah ha ha. Ah, ha, ha. Funny Very joke. funny. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, so with that, we are going to move on to the last club. Young Mages Collective of Adventurers, then it is. So, Pogo, you head over, or you start heading that way. They're on the training ground, so a little bit opposite from the grass that the cheerleading's happening and all the band is happening. This is a lot less taken care of because... You know, this is where a lot of the training happens. So you kind of see a sand pit circled around with rocks and mages in there listening to Blaze Young as he's sitting, standing up front explaining something. Uh, I would like to say that Pogo brought like a notebook and pen this time. He's prepared. He has his spell book. Great. So you walk up with your spell book and you see no one else has their books with them. Um, And Blaze goes, Pogo! It is so awesome to have you here, man. Just take a seat. We're we're going over uh, firebolts today. Okay. Pogo finds a spot, sits down, kind of awkwardly. And Blaze kind of walks in front and he goes, all right, so firebolt, it's something that basically any magic user can do. It's real easy stuff, like basically beginner stuff. And you just have to get in touch with the nature around you. You got to feel that fire inside of you. Once you get connected, that feeling, bam. And as he says, bam, like a firebolt shoots out of his finger and hits one of the posts. And he goes, and it should just come naturally. Super easy stuff. He's like, I just wanted to start with an easy lesson on our first one. So let's uh, get up and let's all try it. Uh, so is, are we, are we doing partners for this or is it individual? Nope. Individual. Okay. Pogo gets up. Uh, he was secretly taking notes while uh, he was the only person taking notes while everyone else was just like, yeah, I already know this. Uh, so Pogo's going to get up, 
he's going to focus on the fire inside of him. <clears throat> Anything? Roll me Arcana just in case for fun. Natural one. Woof. Um, oh my god. <laughs> oof. So he's kind of walking down the line and he goes, Hadrian, great stuff work. Finn, awesome firebolt. He was like, man, y'all are killing it. I knew you guys would. You, This is no problem for young mages like you. And he gets down to Pogo. And Pogo, what happened? Great stuff work. Um, And he walks to Pogo. And what does a natural one on this arcana look like? So Pogo is really trying to find that fire inside of him. And he feels like a lot of pressure because everyone else is having it really easy. And he just gets really bad indigestion as he's just focusing on that internal fire. <laughs> he just gets really bad heartburn and nothing is happening. He, <laughs> you let out a little fart because <laughs> you're so stressed trying to find this. And Blaze goes, Hey, uh, it's no worries. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Let me come back in a minute and I'll, I'll try to help you again. And you go down and you again, hear words of encouragement to all your fellow Clubmates, and roll me another arcana. 13 plus 1, 14. He walks back towards you, and you see him getting closer, and the fear and stress is starting to build up more and more as you see each of these students easily casting this firebolt over and over again. And he gets to you, and you you start to feel something building inside of you. You're not sure if it's the anxiety, but it almost feels like you're starting to get in touch with the firebolt. But once again, nothing comes out. How many people are staring at him? So once Blaze reaches you again, he kind of stops and is watching you. You can hear the silence start to build as you hear. And it starts to get quieter and quieter as you notice that less firebolts are being launched off. Until finally you see everyone is just looking at you. Pogo's beat red like all the way to the tips of his like long elvish ears and blaze goes hey uh it's okay um can i talk to you for a second yeah and he kind of pulls you off to the side you can still feel all of the eyes on you and you start to hear whispers do you want to try to hear in on those whispers or you just kind of i'm I'm trying my best just to focus on on uh blaze right now great and Blaze kind of puts a hand on your shoulder and he goes, Hey man, um, you know, I can tell you're trying really, really hard, but are you sure this is the right path for you? <clears throat> of course. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely is. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I just want to look out for your best interest and this is, this is a pretty easy spell and, um, it looks like you're kind of struggling with it. Uh, his his face is getting much, much darker red now. Just, And he's kind of looking at his feet while he's being talked to. And he, is, he just kind of goes, I, you know, I, I believe everyone's got a little bit of magic in them somewhere. But I, I feel like you're going to be a distraction. Pogo's heart's little heart is breaking right now. He goes, you know, I, I think it's best that you try a different club. He turns around and starts to kind of walk back. Pogo, would you try casting Firebolt one more time? Absolutely. 
So you, Blaze gets to the back to the other group, and you kind of hear him call out, and he's like, "All right, uh, you know, let's keep let's keep at it. Everyone's doing a great job. You're all doing great work. Let's just let's avoid any distractions." And Pogo, you storm up behind him, raise your finger one more time, and what what are you feeling? Um, it's a combination of desperation embarrassment and desperation and embarrassment with that you this desperation and embarrassment builds up and you start to feel something happening at the ends of your fingertips almost a sense of burning happening and you let out one final would you like a war cry as you try to force this magic out of your body And with that, forcing the magic out of your barbarian body, a ball of flame engulfs you as the wild magic that has been sitting dormant inside of you sends everyone in this group reeling back. You see Blaze has little singed fire on his head and you, the fire dissipates around you and there you stand as tall as ever your your hat has a little bit of burning on them. It has a little fire at the end of the point. And what do you say to this man who just said you have no magic ability, basically? I did it! <laughs> oh. And... <laughs> I would die for Poco. I would die for Poco. <laughs> Blake goes, yeah, you did. Um, I'm so sorry for everything I said. And he gets up and he just hugs you and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry for everything I said that that's not like me. Um, you are amazing. Pogo Stardust. And he steps back and he goes, all right, everyone, I want you to take what you just saw and put that into your spells. Uh, just for everybody listening, this is now Pogo's happiest moment. <laughs> oh my God. I would kill and die for Pogo. I want to end there because it was so cute, but we got to end in a sad way. Otherwise, it's not this podcast. We got to make it sad to bring the the listeners back. Oh, my God. That was so good, Pogo. So with that, all of the clubs end for the day. Would you all meet up or kind of? Cecily would round them up. (laughs) Head to your own Okay. We would would probably find the Pogo beacon. Pogo beacon. Yeah, each of you. Each there is you... now smoke coming off of the pogo beacon. <laughs> Which would perplex Amelia. While you're owning your separate clubs, you see this Aarakocra pigeon run up to each of you <laughs> and just go, <laughs> please meet over at this area. And this hands each of you a little note. And as he runs off, and when he finally gets to Amelia, jeez, he... <gasps> oh, what is what is the <laughs> all the clubs just got out and there are so many notes right uh thank you cecily before everyone shows up you also get an additional note oh and on it it's it's handwriting that i don't know if you would recognize but it just says how about tomorrow night for those steaks? Signed, <laughs> Cook. She is Smith. immediately beat red. Just immediately. 
and she's gonna try and because she's coming back with Starfeller. She's gonna try and hide it from him and like put it away in her in her tunic. Everything okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just just fine. Um, I will roll deception for that one. <laughs> okay, I'll roll an insight. That's a nine. She's really bad at the oh, things she's really bad at. I got a twenty-two. Ah! Oh my god. <laughs> You, you like saw the note as she was reading it the entire time. It is—it's like those cartoons uh, where you see the level of red rise in their face. It's just where it is. You look like a health potion. <laughs> Shut up. Well, great. You are all together. Cecily is beat red. It's really hot out here. Is it hot out here for all of you? It's, it's kind of warm for me. We're inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a dead pan (laughs) we're inside (laughs) oh my god so yeah this is the time kind of for you all to catch up as characters or you can just kind of say what you would tell each other before you all head off to bed um Amelia proudly proudly places her hands on her hips and she says my plan to conquer a social click at this establishment is well underway. I will single-handedly dominate the cheer club. And I've done a wonderful job so far. I have been invited to an exclusive event. Huh. Um, what's kind, what kind of event? It is for me to know. And for... She looks at them with a look that says undesirable and for you all to not wow the entire cheer club that's that's quite a big undertaking for one person are you sure you're up to it like that that seems like a like a like a a large goal for somebody to have a whole club in a in a school i am the sole child of the victor solis family if i cannot dominate a chair club my future might as well just be over and done. What does dominating a cheer club look like exactly? Well, you know, becoming the top dog, top of the food chain. I mean, Making sure it, they listen to me. So you're, you you want to be cheer Doesn't captain? Everyone listen to everyone? Something like that, but I want I will be the leader. So the you, one in charge. So you want to be cheer Is that captain? Not the captain? <laughs> Maybe. So you want to be you we'll want oh, to see, won't we? Oh, I get it. You're trying to overthrow, uh, what was her name? The really peppy girl that was Shh, like- Do not! Stop! Names are not necessary. This is a secret plan, Pogo. Miss- you understand secrets. Cecily, you should learn to understand secrets. I understand secrets just fine. We- Okay, then keep your mouth shut. Um, Noah, as this secret is being told to me, can I be writing it down on a piece of paper to send it to my secret friend? Carrier pigeon wise? <laughs> yeah, you can be writing oh, it down. Oh, God. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. Is that all the information everyone wants to tell each other? Um, Pogo is also covered in soot and ash and it's probably slightly still on fire. There's and it's probably. Just like, I did magic today. There's probably bits of glass in uh, Cecily that she just hasn't pulled out yet. <laughs> And then, like, with Sarthelion, it's, like, up to Cecily's height, and then above that is where he's injured. 
says when you move in front of him, but she's shorter than him. I just have like a head print on my chest. <laughs> you know, I would ask what happened to all of you, but it seems like you were up to your typical shenanigans. Oh, I wouldn't say typical. Uh, some of us had did some very atypical things today, and she just kind of like slightly glances over at Sarthelion. Yes, what happened to you? Oh, it was a uh, enlightening day for me. There's the Alchemy Club. I caught up with uh, with an old acquaintance. It was. Uh, I think I'm beginning to like it here a bit. You're less brooding then. She's contemplating whether she should invite them, but she doesn't want to become a social pariah. So, character development. And hey, my skin stopped burning. I, see, not irritated anymore. And she kind of just like pulls her tunic, and you can see the, all of the tattoos on her arm are no longer red and angry. Wonderful. And Pogo set himself on fire. That is lovely. Yes, I, I, are you okay? I set myself on fire. Do you need healing, darling? I, this, is the best I've, this is the best I've ever felt. That makes me very happy. And the worst you've ever looked. <laughs> so far. Leon, so please. I, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying it's ironic. I think, well, with that, you all split off to your separate rooms for the night. Cecily and Pogo, would you be doing anything as you prepare for the night? Cecily is doing her ritual of watching the sunset. Sunset. She's fi- she's probably like found roof access somewhere and is like mm-hmm. up on a roof, like meditating during the sunset as she is to do every night. Uh, Pogo is writing out the message that he was going to send, but he's like triple checking like punctuation and spelling and like going back over it to make sure everything's right before he like sends out that message. <laughs> Do you send it off? Absolutely. I'm I'm going to message you on Discord about what it, what it is exactly. Okay, I will we'll get to it the next time, but you send it off and you immediately get a message back. This Eric Hakra is moving. <laughs> Like immediately I get a message. One back. job. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's cardio is unbelievable. Max decks. Legs for days. This man. This is ironically does not have chicken legs. No, huge, huge pigeon legs. Scams. <laughs> Look at that man's pit, pigeon legs, guys. So Seth, walking down the you, road, you get a feeling. Because you kind of didn't know earlier why your tattoos weren't stopped hurting. Mm -hmm. As you're meditating into the sun. Into the sun? Jesus Christ. Into the sun. You get launched into the sun. Um, (laughs) Ascendance. Just just keep pose and like into the sun I go. (laughs) So you get a feeling that it was because... Griam's basically kind of sending you small messages. And it was because you put your life on the line for your friend. And not only that, you were trying to find a way to heal other people. And although unconventional, Griam sees the work you are putting in and took away that pain. And as you were kind of meditating, you, you feel them get warm, but almost a warm hug type feeling. And that is why your tattoo stopped hurting, because Griam is proud of you. Just maybe a little tears. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> just maybe. Just a little. Uh, just, um... Sar- oh. And the thing we had talked about with 
uh, your friend that you keep around mm-hmm. uh, also seems to be a little warm to the she touch. Bring, she brings out Pete the plant and... Pete the plant seems a little more golden. She's just going to sit with Pete in the in the sunset and let Pete soak up some sun rays, even though Pete seemingly doesn't need it. Beautiful. And that is, it is a beautiful silhouette of Cecily sitting at this sunset with Pete right behind her. If it was ever a time for fan art, it's that image. <laughs> uh, Sarthelion, as you Me. enter your own room, your brooding room. It's all black. Specific. The walls are painted black. The sheets are black. You, the bed is black. <laughs> would you be trying to figure out how you conjured the knife or what would you be doing oh yeah absolutely like he would uh just probably sit there for an extended amount of time just trying to channel like bring back to the experience on when a beaker blew up in his face uh and try to channel that energy again best as he can to re-summon that blade if he could Okay, so describe so describe to me exactly what you're trying to reimagine. Like, what feelings are you trying to reimagine from that? I think he would go through, like, the whole chain of events that he was feeling from start to finish, where before he got there, you know, doubt, a lot of questions, feeling his whole world kind of turn upside down, and then being there, uh, kind of picking at his brain a little bit to understand, like, what was going on during the alchemy, and then ultimately to the point where his life was potentially in danger uh and that kind of like surge of adrenaline that hit him okay so doubt wondering questioning you continuously try to bring this knife and nothing is happening um can he take the bandages off his arm that are always on there yeah uh and he's gonna look at them like look at the uh the runic tattoos that are on his arm and notice that they are the same color as the knife that he summoned. And he's going to kind of go inward a little bit and try to be himself for a second. Just be confident in him for a second and try again. And for that split second, the knife appears in your hand. (sighs) It's going to be a long day. And with that, we will move to Amelia. Yeah? You didn't see Frederick. So you saw him leave early from the cheerleading practice. He didn't really stick around. He kind of said something to Cindy and left. Are you just heading back to your room? Yeah, I think, you know, Amelia is instilled with this genuine confidence about how her day went. Um, and I think she's walking back to her dorm room very proudly and okay. happily. You walk happily back to your dorm. And when you open your door, you don't see Frederick. And I'm assuming all of that proud will wash away as you see two very familiar figures standing at the end, like in the in your room, you see a fire pit is going with three branding irons in the fire. 
I'm guessing my parents are here for a visit. Your parents are here for a visit. Mother, father, it is it is good to see you. Amelia, we've been hearing stories, rumors almost. And the fact that it is already reaching us and it is day two, we've decided to move up your ceremony. I see, but this is quite the, um, this is quite the inappropriate setting for such a ceremony, correct? I'm not judging your intuition, mother and father, but this is a bit unorthodox, wouldn't you say? Are you questioning us? Absolutely not, mother. And your father finally looks at you. And he goes, well, since you're not questioning us, then I believe it's time to get started. Um, Amelia doesn't lose her, her um, posture. She stays very straight and very forward with them. Um, and she says, understood. Where will the oath be placed? You see your mom is wearing a ceremonious dress. And it kind of exposes her back. So as she turns around to get everything set up, you see the Victusola symbol right at the kind of base of her neck. A little bit lower so that it can be hidden by clothes. But that where is where you can assume it will happen. Um, yeah, I think Amelia will, you know, without hesitation, get straight to it. She will um, remove her top. And sort of wait to be ordered. Your father sets has set up a bench where you can lay down. He goes, Amelia, you have embarrassed the family. And I believe you've forgotten the values that we hold as Victusolises. I apologize, father. Whatever rumors you have heard... Enough! We have eyes all over this campus. We've seen, we've heard... How you've been treating Frederick. The petty squabbles. Do you think that's befitting of a Victusolus? Father, you may need to speak with the Von Vespera family. Frederick has been inciting these incidents to scorn me. So you're saying Frederick has control over you? Are you not in power of your own emotions? Of course I am, but Frederick is a weasel. Lay down. Uh, Amelia does as she is told. And for those who don't know, the Victus Solus Crest is a, a moon eclipsing the sun with five points. So you lay down. Your father kind of kneels beside you. He goes, we are doing this because you need to become an official part of the Victus Solus. Finally, put your oath into the Victusolises. I, I understand, Father, and I will unwaveringly follow the tenets of the oath that you require that I take. And with that, he, he takes a deep breath, and you hear a sizzling as your mother pulls out the first of the branding irons. Um, Amelia is still very unwavered about this. She's doing her best to keep it together. Your mother starts talking. She pulls out... And, and she kind of shows you. You can see out of the corner of your eye. It's a, it's a circle. And it's a little bit 
bigger circle. And she goes, The sun represents glory before humility. You shall rule until a stronger one arises. Then you must grow mightier and meet the challenge or fall to your own ruin. And as the last word escapes her lips, you feel the searing pain at the tip of your spine as the Oof. first branding happens. Do you want me to make like con saves? I for was these? just about to say, can you make a constitution save to see if you can stay strong? The first con save is a dirty 20. You don't let out a single peep as you start to feel your body and mind being binded to the Victusolus family. And she pulls out the second one, and it's slightly smaller than the other. This circle represents the moon. Douse the fire in their hearts. It is not enough to merely defeat an adversary. Your victory must be so overwhelming that your enemy's will to live is shattered. Bloodshed can end a war. Fear can end an empire. And the second, right in the middle of the first, to represent the eclipse happens. And I need your second con save. That is a four. What what happens when you roll a four as this hot metal touches your skin? Um, I think for the first time in many years, hot burning tears sort of well up in Amelia's eyes and she does let out a very pained guttural cry. And your father gets down on your level once again. He goes, Victusolus's don't cry. Get it together. I understand. And with that, you hear your mother talking once again. The five points around the sun representing ruling with an iron fist. Once you have conquered, tolerate no dissent. The Victusolus's word is law. Those who obey shall be favored. Those who defy us shall be punished as an example to all who might follow. As you feel the final of the third brands touch your skin and I need your final constitution saving throw. It's a 17. A 17. Your father's words echo in your head that Victusolus's don't cry. As the pain starts to descend, you feel your body and mind fully attached to the Victusolus's family. You have now completed your oath to the Victusolus's. Um, Amelia sort of, she just lays there for a moment and she mentally is wrapping her mind around different ways to cope with the searing pain that is on her back. Okay. Your, your parents start to put away all the ritual stuff. Your father basically throws you a towel to cover yourself. Or a blanket. And he goes, If we hear any other rumors coming from the school that you are dirtying the Victusolus's name, the pain will be much worse than this brand. I understand, Father. I will do everything that I can to ensure that I am not brought to ruin, and neither will our family. Your mother and father leave without another word. Um, Amelia quietly stands and she looks for bandages or whatever she can turn into a bandage and she will alone quietly begin to bandage her back. 
this at this point frederick walks in and he looks at you and for the first time you see something besides hatred and malice behind his eyes and he doesn't say anything to you he just walks over and grabs the bandages and starts bandaging up your back Amelia sort of she sits there in silence for a few moments and she says you know when we were children it would have been me bandaging you you hear this pained laugh as he goes yeah you got pretty good at that but I learned how to bandage from you too so well probably for the best my arms weren't long enough to reach all the way around unfortunately he finishes up he ties off the bandage and he steps in front of you and you can see that his face is red he's it looks as if he's been crying and he goes i never meant it to come to this she sort of just looks at him and she says i know that my parents are quite favorable towards you they always wanted a son after all but Behind closed doors, you know, the Victor Solis practices, well, they're archaic. You and I have a purpose that we are meant to fulfill to bring back the old order. And if this is what I must endure to make sure that that happens, then so be it. You know, I enjoy our banter, though. I know I haven't been the nicest to you, but... I know your parents always wanted a son, but I think they have a pretty great daughter. Well, I certainly do try. Frederick. Yeah? I want you to understand that, though I may not ever have my own taste of what freedom is, you are willing to do and fall in love with who you please. I just ask that you do so in such a way that my parents do not find out. Yeah, I... I think we can figure something out. I would admonish you for your behavior at club earlier, but I feel like now is not the time. And he, he kind of laughs, and he goes, I I deserve that. Let's, I know. <laughs> let's get you to bed. We'll, we can talk more in the morning. Thank you. I don't think I'll be sleeping on my back for quite a while, so it may take a while to find a comfortable sleeping position. Uh. You see, he kind of, as you get into bed, he kind of tucks you in in such a way that the the branded area is left to the open air, and he kind of turns, figures out how to cool down the room. You don't feel him get in the bed with you as he lays on the floor next to your side of the bed. That's a bit barbaric. Why are you laying on the floor? I don't want to hurt you in the middle of the night. I don't want to have to, I don't want to roll over, and I want to be right here if you need me. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And he takes your hand. And for the first time since you were children, he squeezes your hand in a secret code that you had long forgotten. Um, Amelia doesn't quite smile, but she makes a more comfortable face than before. And she sort of lets her guard down to fall asleep properly. Thank you so much, faithful listener, for listening to this episode of the Minds Never Matter podcast. 
I am Noah Bryan, your DM, joined by Anna Williams as Amelia Victasolis, Aaron Owens as Pogo Stardust, Taylor Murchie as Cecily Belgriam, and Nick Tevenis as Sarthalian Grave. I apologize, this episode came out a little later than normal. Uh, so we all have been having a little bit of life stuff going on, but we should be back on schedule next week with episode four. Thank you so much for our, your continued support, and we'll see you soon. Write that down, folks at home. Bake along with us. Bake along with us. As Noah looks at his Google search of ingredients in cake. I would never. I learned all this quickly. Three <laughs> recipes.